This is the Matt Report Podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's mattreport.com. Mattreport.com slash subscribe is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to Season 5. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Gravity Forms. Gravity Forms was the first commercial plugin I ever purchased for my agency, and I've been a loyal customer ever since. When I see the annual renewal charge come through for Gravity Forms, I don't cringe or second-guess keeping it in our toolkit. I'm a proud customer. Gravity Forms is not only a great example of a successful WordPress product, but a product that helps me become successful at what I do. See, it's more than just forms. It's a survey tool. It's an online payment transaction. It's the cornerstone to automated marketing through their Zapier add-on, and the list goes on. If you're looking for a contact form that's more than a contact form, check out Gravity Forms at gravityforms.com. That's gravityforms.com. Have you been thinking about starting a SaaS business? Sam and Corey sit down with James Laws of WPNinjas.com, famously from NinjaForms.com. It's not the only product they have up their sleeve. They sit down to discuss what it's like to even consider a SaaS business for the traditional WordPress plugin business, uh, how to go from A to B, that kind of thing, how to make that leap when you are spending just uh, gobs amounts of time, <laughs> is the best professional way I can put it, uh, supporting, selling, iterating, developing a WordPress plugin. Uh, it's a whole different mindset. James takes us down that path today. Don't forget, this is halfway through season five of The Matt Report. This is where my new co-hosts, Corey and Sam, uh, talk to people who are either thinking about starting a SaaS business, pivoting to a SaaS business, or already in the process of running a SaaS business, all for you, the Matt Report listener. I do appreciate your uh, patronage by listening to the show. I'd also appreciate a five-star review if you enjoy episodes like this. If you enjoy what's going on at the Matt Report, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a five-star review. That'd be amazing. Every single podcaster in the world says that they appreciate it and we sure do. Helps us get found. Helps us get to that next level. If you're interested in starting your own podcast and co-hosting a show like you hear, Sam and Corey today. Reach out to me. It's mattreport.com slash contact. Let's get into the show. This episode of the Matt Report is brought to you by Pagely. Pagely, where we help big brands scale WordPress, it's enterprise WordPress hosting in the Amazon cloud. If you're building big, powerful WordPress websites for your clients, you need big, powerful hosting and Pagely delivers. I use Pagely for my websites and e-commerce shops, so I trust their service, and I have no issues recommending them to you. Look, I only bring on sponsors that I trust. And who else trusts Pagely? Verizon, eBay, Disney, Twitter, and more. You can see that right on the homepage of their website. Pagely is the OG of WordPress managed hosting, and they're innovating the market every single day. If your clients trust you to write scalable code, then trust Pagely to host it for you. Check out Pagely.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Corey, and I'm here with my co-host, Sam. We are interviewing James Laws today from the illustrious Ninja Forms. 
and we're going to be picking his brain about potential moves for ninja forms in the future involving sass uh what he's thinking what he's not thinking what he might be thinking uh so james thank you for joining us today thank you so much for having me i'm excited it's gonna be a lot of fun great so um give us the the 60 second background of ninja forms uh ninja forms was built out of ignorance um so i no market research, had a client who needed uh, basically a form builder. I didn't know the WordPress space that well. So me and my partner built it, um, decided it might be something worthy for other people to try, L looked around and found out there were a whole bunch of other solutions in the space. So we launched it anyway. And that's, that is the short story of like the journey. Perfect. Cool. So what year was that? That was in June of 2011. Okay, and then when you launched it, uh, did you launch it as a premium plugin first and then settle on the <laughs> add-in model later? Or We did. We ran a year and a half. Um, so we went from, for six months, we did it as premium only. I don't know if you'd call it premium, though. It's $15, all-inclusive, unlimited sites, unlimited support, lifetime. So it was a terrible business model <laughs> that we launched under um, out of complete and total ignorance. Like I said, it was launched out of ignorance. It's a, it's, it's really a miracle we're still here today. <laughs> hey, you got to start yeah. somewhere. That's right. Exactly. Um, but to, to answer your question, we were premium only uh, for that first six months. And then in, in January, uh, or actually probably December of 2011, we launched a light version with a pro upgrade. And we ran that for, for pretty much all of 2012. Uh, until we transitioned to the add-on model in January of 2013. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about how you decided to make that transition and then uh, like any early signs that you uh, could see that it was working. Yeah, um, so the reason we started is, so we, we went, we decided to go to a light with a pro upgrade in 2012 solely for the purpose of we weren't getting enough exposure. We thought maybe being on .org would give us a little bit more visibility. So we thought we'd launch a light version. And so we tried that for a year and our sales were pretty much flat um, through that whole process. I think our peak, our peak month was $1,200 through that entire year. So I was still working a full-time job. My partner was actually getting his, uh, working on his PhD in ancient Roman history overseas. And so so we were just kind of trying to make it work. And so we decided it wasn't working the way we were doing it throughout 2012. And I was buying a new e-commerce solution for to sell it through. Uh, and I can't, and of course, Pippin had just not recently released easy digital downloads. And so we started, I started looking at them and picking out the add-ons that I would need to run my commerce solution. And it was kind of like a light bulb moment. I was like, you know, most of the users that we have don't use everything that we sell. They only use a piece of functionality. And so I went mm -hmm. to my partner and said, what if we took the pro version and just split it up into lots of little add-ons and launch it just in the same exact model as Easy Digital Downloads? And he had already been working on making it more extensible in that way. And he so it was the na natural next step. So that was, it was really just a let's experiment because what we're doing isn't working uh, mm -hmm. and we're not growing. The way we knew we had hit on something was really... 
the first month in January, we did another $1,200 in sales, which was no nothing high. It was like our high month in the last year, so nothing impressive. But then we more than doubled in February. We doubled again in March. We doubled again in April, and it just kept climbing. Hmm. And so really what we did is at that point, in 2012, we were selling our pro version for $29. We had, we had doubled our price from pre- previous. And then we basically split it up into about six or seven add-ons and started charging about $39 a piece for each of those features. So we basically increased our price by seven times if you were going to buy them all. Mm-hmm. And our just sales are just started doubling month over month over month. And And was most of the new customer acquisition through the WordPress.org repo, or did your marketing strategy change around that at all? We did zero marketing other than having it in the repo and just talking about it through people that you know we knew. Um, so we were still very green at that point and didn't have a marketing campaign. We just changed the model. That was literally the only thing we changed, and we started to see this impact. Um, where things really started to take off even more, though, was back in the end of April of that of 2013. We had re- just kind of sent out a tweet saying, "Hey, Ninja Forms is really extensible. Would anybody like to build an add-on and sell it on our site?" And just kind of threw it out there. And Pippin reached out and said, "Yeah, I- I'd love to build Mailchimp. Let me uh, l- let's do that." And I said, well, "Great." So he got on like a 45-minute call with my business partner, uh, walked through the code base, really liked it, and. I want to say less than an hour later, he had a MailChimp add-on built and ready to go. Uh, we launched it the next day, and all of a sudden, other developers started reaching out because Pippin had written a review about it, and uh, so that kind of exposed us to a market that we were not yet fully engaged in. Cool. So how how was that arrangement? Like, what was your arrangement with Pippin? Did he get fifty percent or? Uh, he- you heard him. Yeah, he, no, said, that, he, he got mentioned on the podcasts. He got <laughs> tweeted about. <laughs> yeah, right. We we gave him whatever he wanted just to <laughs> to, to have Which his probably name. the best move you could make in this ecosystem. And you know what though that I mean that speaks to how the kind of the stand up guy that Pippin is. That wasn't the arrangement at all. And matter of fact, he helped us set up our entire ecosystem on how to sell add ons through with other developers. He 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 said you know we use a Trello board to manage this. So he basically duplicated easy digital downloads Trello board gave it to us and said here's how I would set it up and they basically configured the whole thing for us told us how he handled splits and that's a split we handle to this day so he takes 70 percent uh, we take 30 percent for handling first touch support uh, and processing the fee and all and host, low, holding it on our site but they every developer who comes with us as long as they're supporting their product makes a lion's share of that and that's just the way we we've gone with every developer since Cool. Nice. And then uh, just to sort of complete the picture, I think last year uh, you guys launched the the amazing version three, which I know was a <laughs> um, uh, a long uphill battle for you. Well worth it in my experience. Um, well, thank you. But um, you know, but obviously a a big business decision. Um, you know, because presumably the business was was bopping along okay. Um, right. You know, what uh, what made you or gave you the confidence to to double down like that? Um, I, you know, I think a part of it was we I actually talked about this uh, on a previous podcast uh, of ours where we were just talking a little bit about the the struggle of being in a saturated market 
One of the struggles of being in a saturated market is a false standard gets created of how things should be done. And you get locked into that as a product developer, as a business as well. You see how all, like for instance, as a form builder, you see how all the other form builders basically build forms. And you tend to, whether consciously or unconsciously, build conventions that work in a similar fashion. And we decided we needed to rattle our cage a little bit and we needed to think outside the box. Uh, and so we actually hired a uh, user experience company to kind of sit down and work through the process. Like if we were starting, forget WordPress, if WordPress didn't exist and we were building a form builder from scratch, from a user experience perspective, how would we go about it? And we came up with what is NinjaForms 3.0. And it was, it was really just a process of we want we wanted to do things differently. We don't want to get caught up in the way it was always been done if there's a better way we can come up with to do it. So it was a force us really to think about what is the better way. Nice, which is a perfect segue into a topic that we're we're here today to talk about, um, which is SaaS, uh, which yeah. is which is kind of a you know it's a bit of a buzzword, but it's it's on a lot of people's minds and uh, tongues lately in the WordPress world, looking at uh, expanding beyond the WordPress ecosystem um, and or, you know, how to stand out as a product. So, um, so let's dive into that a bit, a bit. Um, I picked on you for this interview because I've, I've heard you mention it a few times in a few places um, that you guys are starting to think about, which is why I thought it would be uh, really neat to kind of see, you know, what, what's going on in your head right now. Um, so I guess let's start there. You know, what, what are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so first of all, you know, like you said, SaaS is this t is this topic that's coming up a lot more often, and it's only going to get bigger. Like people are only going to be talking about it more. You're going to see people, I, I think, like Chris Lemma and some of these hosting companies, especially these higher end managed WordPress hostings, are going to be looking to partner with people who are going into the SaaS space because it's a it's a thing they know. They know how to scale these servers. They know how to make this thing work. I think you're going to hear a lot more talk about it, and I, I think the reason you don't hear as much talk about in our spaces, a lot of us are just ignorant about the process of how it works, like how to get started, how to build it. And I'm one of those people. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure it out and learn as I go and learn from as many people as I can. What it really comes down to, I think in a lot of ways, is we're thinking about our future as a company, uh, as a product, um, other things that we want to build, other things that we want to work into. And what we know is, while I love WordPress and I'm not going anywhere, and NinjaForms will always be a WordPress plugin, we have no plans of ever changing that. Uh, we always like to boast this, you know, what I think it's what 27% right now, 27, yeah, you know, WordPress, right. you know, manages 27% of all websites are built on WordPress. Well, that's that's wonderful. But as a business owner, all I can think about is, well, that means there's 73% of people I can't get any money from right <laughs> like, these are people i can't sell to and granted i could probably stick with that 27 percent and and work really hard and make a really good living and, and support a really good team just focusing on that but at some point if you want to scale you have to kind of start thinking about what are the what are who are you leaving behind that you could be servicing and it depends on your, your the mission of your your company and you know our mission as our company is to help others be successful it's not just to help wordpress 
websites be successful. It's to help people be successful in any business. And so I don't really care if you're, to be completely honest, I don't care if you're on Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or, you know, I, I just have a, I, I, general, in general, I have a heart to see people succeed. I want to help them do that. And they use the platform they want to use. Um, I prefer WordPress. I would recommend WordPress every single time. Um, I just, it's what I'm comfortable in. That's probably why I would recommend it, but there's no reason why we couldn't build a solution or a tool that could service everybody. And so that was one of the reasons, uh, to start thinking about SaaS. But another reason is just simply this, if you've ever supported a plugin, if you've ever released a plugin, a product, especially at a, at a larger scale, you know that you are dealing with hundreds of thousands of permutations of configurations between servers and PHP versions and MySQL versions and the number of plugins that they're running, which plugins, and are they keeping those things up to date and themes and custom code that they're just copy and pasting right. in their functions folder for no apparent reason because they think they need it, right? You're dealing with all of these factors that you have absolutely zero control over, but in a SaaS you control the environment in which they are using your product, at least the core part, which is the, you know, the, the interfacing with your product. And that's huge. That's, a, that's such a huge benefit. It's only one thing, but it's a big piece of it. I sure. mean, it's, it's, it's super important. So those are two of the reasons uh, I would say right off the top that we were, th why we started uh, exploring the idea of SaaS. Yeah, and that that second reason we've been, we've been hearing that a lot, just being able to control your environment. Um, but if you're going to be selling this to WordPress folks, are you concerned that it's going to be hard to bring the people who are using the plugin version over to a SaaS platform and have them manage their forms completely separate from WordPress in a, in a completely separate SaaS app rather than where they're used to managing their Ninja forms, which is inside WordPress? Yeah, I think I, I look at it as a as a two-prong approach. And that is for the people who want to manage it within their WordPress hosting, they can because the plugin will still exist and it will still be up to date. In fact, the way we're building Ninja Forms, it other than some core components that are needed to be shifted and altered, it will be essentially the same code base running both the SaaS and the plugin itself. So you'll be able to do both. And so I almost see Ninja Forms not, and I don't know how we're going to market this, I'll be completely honest. This is how this comes to fruition, I'm not exactly sure. But on some level, I see it as a lot from the separation between a WordPress.com and a WordPress.org, mm. where WordPress.org, you can install the software, run it yourself, and you can do that if you want to. But if you don't want to deal with that headache, or you are you working on something where you cannot install WordPress plugins, well, we have a, if for lack of a better term, a .com version that's fully hosted that you can still use. And so now we can open up that market and give people. And, and, so, and I think what we'll find is, in many ways, one will be a gateway to the other at times. Uh, where right. they transition, they say, oh, I don't want to manage this. But then as their business grows and they want more control, they may say, you know what? I do want to manage it. I want to put it all on my site. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, um, you know, thinking, uh, again, pie in the sky here, uh, yeah. the, the fun part of, of not having to, not having decided anything yet is, is we can talk about <laughs> all of it. Right. Um, you know, I guess what, what we've supposed here is, you're, that you are in fact thinking about a a sassified version of Ninja Forms, 
um, you know, is that right? Uh, and or, you know, what what other ideas have you have you guys talked about or um, has occurred to you in the shower or whatever? <laughs> I think if you talk to anybody, um, I mean, especially anybody who has a, a larger user base, I think they're thinking about SaaS in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not be they may be at different stages of what that looks like, but I think they're all kind of thinking through what that might what that might look like for their particular product and every product is going to be different. So for us it might actually be a stepped approach where we say maybe what we offer is an email uh, kind of a, kind of almost like a mailchimp had with mandrill um, a transactional email service because one of our biggest issues which mm. almost every form builder has is email is is problematic right uh, and so how do you deal with email well maybe the first step in a SaaS space is a transactional email service and we just fix that problem first uh, and then we can step into a full-on builder on our site where all the data is processed and stored and housed and you know and, and something like that. But there are little problems that we can solve in a SaaS environment very easily. And I would actually encourage you know any plugin developer uh, business to kind of think through that process. Is is there is there a problem that I can solve that's a part of that? There is there a SaaS component to my product, even though my product itself may not be fully SaaS. I mean. In all honesty, look at Jetpack, and that is a big portion of their of some many of their components. They're not they're SaaS components, even though the whole product may not be SaaS itself. Right. I mean, they may require you to log into your WordPress.com to use them, but there a lot of those features are not necessarily SaaS components, and some are. Hey, if you've so got the power, you may as well that. abuse it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who's going to stop it, right? At this point, like it, it works, it's useful, and if you want that one feature that it has that you haven't like that you don't like anywhere else, you're just going to do it. I mean, I, I use Jetpack. I'm not going to complain about no, it. No, me neither. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm I'm certainly not hating on it, but uh, there are ways of looking at SaaS differently than just full on SaaS, right? Like I'm just going to my entire product is going to be a SaaS product. There are components that could be SaaS related, um, and and go from there. Yeah, that's interesting. So I uh, I know you said that you're not sure how you'd market a, a move <laughs> to SaaS, but I'm wondering Green if with you've us seen. Here. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if you've at least seen some examples that you think you can draw some influence from? You know, um, you know, I mean, obviously you have some some people who have kind of transitioned uh, and, you know, look at Syed and Awesome Motive with, uh, uh, what is their plugin? Why can with I not Optin think of Monster. it? Optin Monster. I can't believe I yeah. couldn't remember it. Yeah, Optin Monster. Like they started as a plugin, then they transitioned over to a SaaS and they have a plugin that lets you connect to your WordPress site. But, you know, they're not just serving WordPress anymore. They service anyone. Um, so you have some plugins that have kind of made the transition. So their transition was a little different. They got pretty much a, their plugin is really just a connector to their service, but they they have a separate service that, that doesn't necessarily require the plugin to function. It just makes it easier on, on some levels. Um, you know, for our approach is to kind of maintain both. We've kind of jokingly called uh, the idea of a SaaS Ninja Forms Anywhere is a, kind of our code name for it, if you will. Um, just you know, thinking about if you could use Ninja Forms absolutely in, in, on any site in any in any kind of environment. Um, 
our idea honestly is I don't know that I want the confusion. It's kind of, it's really a struggle. So if I like in complete transparency, it's a struggle. I love our brand. We spent a lot of money kind of formulating our brand uh, and building it up. People recognize it. People like it. People really enjoy what we offer. And so we want to stick with that. But on one level, I almost want to re like the SAS would be, almost be a different name altogether. Like I would just rebrand it as a totally different piece. And it may be brought to you by the people who brought who, who, who made Ninja Forms, <laughs> but it might be a completely different. It will, I think, really in, in general, it will be a different business altogether. It will, mm-hmm. we will probably separate that out into another company, and just have a parent company over, you know, both, both of those things. Nice. Um, and what <clears throat> are there? Do you have any other concerns? I guess you know, aside from sort of brand confusion or product confusion. Um, you know, I mean, the biggest concern is we don't know what we're doing right now, right? I mean, <laughs> we've had a lot of conversations with some really smart people and have who have helped us kind of think through the direction. But, you know, you when you're talking about SaaS, you're talking about, you know, DevOps and server scalability that we don't have any experience necessarily in that in that area. And so we know we're going to probably, at least in the beginning, probably need to find a hosting partner, somebody who already is doing it. So Pagely, if I remember correctly, right, they're doing it for Optin Monster. So they know the space, yeah. right? They're, they're there. Um, I think Liquid Web is going to become a really good contender in this space. Um, I think they're already a contender, but I think they're going to make themselves known as a contender in this space mm. for people who are looking for that. Um, and I, and to be honest, I think anyone can do it, but you know, but there's a, there's a difference in an example. Like when I've talked to say like, uh, Jason Cohen of WP engine and we talked and I talked to him about a little bit about SAS and hostings and partnership, he was never as forthright as to say, you know, W engine could do that. WP engine could <laughs> totally do that. Like, I mean, they could, they are fully capable of doing it. I just don't know that they want to, right. Where if you talk to Strebel, he'll be like, oh yeah, let's talk about this. Let's sit down and have a meeting. Let's do it. And I think the same thing over at liquid web. If you, you know, connect with AJ Morris and I'm sure he would sit down and have a conversation. What does that look like? Let's, let's talk about it. So different hostings has different, um, interests, in sure. that kind of uh, in that kind of space, so that's that's something to consider. But that's really, I think, the technical side, which sounds strange for a technical company. The technical side, and I, I'm not the most technical person. I can I can develop enough to get my product in trouble, and uh, you know, I build things for internal use because nobody has to ever see the code necessarily. But um, the technical side is the stuff that I'm always, I'm the most concerned about, but I, I also know I have a super capable team and my CTO is probably one of the smartest people I know when it comes to this stuff. And I know he'll, you know, when it's, when he sits down and actually maps out all the details, I, I know we'll get it all together. So I'm not concerned about that, but yeah. I, it's just in the back of my head, there's always this nagging of, man, that sounds really complicated. <laughs> like that's going to be tough. So the branding is really the hard part because here's the thing. It's, we've got really good traction with Ninja Forms as a plugin. I, actually, in the last couple of days, we just crossed over 800,000 active installs. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, we're doing really well in that space, but you're talking about a much bigger ocean. Uh, and so the, the amount of, I probably the amount of dollars it's going to take to get visibility to compete against really the woofoo, the, you know, the, the form stack and, you know, all these people that are, that are already in this space doing it, it's going to be challenging. And here's the thing, form stack places like form stack are already gunning at us. 
Like they already have a comparison of form stack versus ninja form. <laughs> like they're well, already, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, but we've not actually gone the other the other route yet. So that's you know, there it's a it's a big C to deal with. It's interesting. Yeah, so, Oops, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. So uh, since there are other you know form builders that service that market, and you already have such a big presence in WordPress, is like. Is it even worth it to venture outside of WordPress yet, or do you do you see merit in just staying inside of WordPress until like you are the form builder and no one even thinks about Gravity Forms anymore, <laughs> and then you can venture outside? Um, the the answer. So the the real the the, the key point to what you said is yet is is it is it necessary yet? And that I don't know that anyone you can really answer one hundred percent. I'm not somebody who likes to sit on my hands, and I know how long some of the some of the times it takes to turn this turn a ship like this around, and so and or to even just pivot and change direction. It's also a combination of splitting too soon and and taking your focus off of something that you're doing well. But here's the thing: there are other people servicing that space. But when we launched out, Gravity Forms was already here. Um, the formidable was already there. There were other form plugins already in the space. In fact, if I remember correctly, there was over 50 different form plugins already in existence in the WordPress space when we launched Ninja Forms. And we were told uh, by people, don't bother. Like there's uh, everybody who's going to buy a form builder is already using plugin X. That's pretty much what we were told. And we were, and I'm a stubborn SOB, so <laughs> I just like, I'm not, I don't take that. I, that's not good enough for me. So we kept trying and, and trucking along. And what we found is there was a saturated market is a great place to launch. <laughs> like It's great <laughs> because a saturated market tells you that there is a market. There are people spending money on this solution. So all you have to do is find the right, uh, find the right scratch to itch or itch to scratch. That, yeah. <laughs> find the right itch to scratch. Uh, if you can find out what differentiates you, what sets you apart from those other services, uh, you can do really well. So that's that's an interesting question. Um, do you have any idea, uh, you know, what what it might take? What is what is that that red flag, that line in the sand that you wake up one day and you go, today is the day, you know, we're gonna do something different. Yeah. When the code is ready. No. Um, <laughs> when Kevin no. says the code is ready. Right? <laughs> when the code, yeah, when Kevin says we can do it, we'll do it. No. Um, you know, it, it. we're always, as a business, we're always evaluating. I mean, on a monthly basis, we're evaluating where we were a month ago, a quarter ago, a year ago, where we are today, What what's our forecast for the next few months, year, five years. And we're always kind of looking at that and watching the trends of our own company and tr the trends of our space. And a lot of times that can start to help inform when it's the right time to move. Uh, so, you know, I, we're watching like how many people are searching for WordPress forms, you know, uh, WordPress forms specifically uh, and, and how those search terms are trending and, and, you know, what solutions are growing and what solutions aren't growing. We're trying to learn. We try, we're not, we're not as naive to think is that we're the perfect solution for everyone. Um, but, and we know we can learn from our competitors. In fact, we're friends with most of our competitors uh, in the space. And so we, we have a lot of fun with them and they joke with us and we've, we've sent them information to help secure stuff. Then when we found something vulnerable in our plugin nice. and then we tested and every form plugin was 
vulnerable. So we pe- we reached out to every form builder to let them know uh, privately so that they could patch that. Uh, so there's a good there's a there's at least a good uh, professional courtesy throughout the space. And, and a lot of those a lot of times we're just we're friends with those other people. And so we enjoy that. But yeah, I don't know that there is this this like one moment. You just kind of have to watch and f- sense the heartbeat of your own company and the heartbeat of your market and kind of determine it, you know, is my is my heartbeat in this market's heartbeat getting dangerously low and do we need to kickstart it, you know, supercharge it, something to to move on. And so that's that you know, that's those are the types of things you kind of have to always keep watching. There's no easy answer because every space is different, sure. every every business is different. Or that, or your heart is pounding so fast that you've just got to jump on that new thing. Yeah, that's a thing too. Like what excites you as a business? It's not always about chasing, chasing just the money. It's chasing the interest. It's what's, what are you passionate about? And so, you know, that may be just the thing, right? That's, we're doing great, but man, I'm just really passionate about moving into this new space. And so you, you just make, you make the leap. Sure. Sure. So, uh, we're, we're coming up on the half hour mark here, um, so I guess what's fun now is to talk about the future, right? What what is coming, uh, or or maybe on the horizon? Have you started uh, doing research? I mean, you talk about you know looking at where you're at or where you've been. Um, are there any thoughts on on you know where you're going? Have you started dipping a toe into uh, expanding into into SaaS? Have you, you know, built what... that internal code that only your guys are looking at, but you know? <laughs> In nine months from now, we're going to be clicking clicking on. Yeah. So at this point, we we don't have any uh, of the the private code, if you will, that's that's behind the veil. Um, <laughs> but every piece of code we write nowadays is written with that that idea in mind: is could we pull this out of WordPress and put it somewhere else, and it would still function? So everything that we're writing, everything that we're doing, is with that end goal in mind. Whether that turns into a full-on SaaS or not um, may remain to be seen, um, but it absolutely is the direction that our product team is working as we think through what features we add, what features we don't add. Is this something that we can maintain in a SaaS environment or not? Like we're, we're thinking about through that all process with everything that we're writing. Um, on the other side is yes, we have been we've been making calls. We've made calls with different like email transactional email providers to see if we could start with with instead of even building our own, building a wrapper on someone else's service mm-hmm. as a start, just to kind of get our feet wet with the process. So we've we've made some connections there and have have had some conversations. Um, I've I've talked with various uh, hosting, uh, mostly the partner the people I've already mentioned. I've spoken to them. What would it look like to to partner up? Because the truth is, in the front end. You know, we probably can't afford a DevOps right out of the gate before we even have the SaaS running. Sure. So is there a host that has DevOps available that's willing to work with us and, and on some sort of a basis to kind of figure out what that looks like? So we've been having those conversations as well as this, you know, my CTO has been doing his own research on what what's needed for scalability on our end uh, from a code standpoint uh, to make sure that this runs and how do we make sure data is transferred properly and our, all of our processing, the things that NinjaForms is known for doing really, really well. 
how do we make sure that stuff is transferable in a SaaS environment and and how is the code built to, to handle that kind of stuff? So we're doing all of that, but we're also doing all of that in tandem of just making sure that Ninja Forms itself is getting further development, uh, feature rich, feature stable, feature parity from 2.9 as we've made that transition. Uh, we're we're kind of kind of have our our our, our toes dipped in a several ponds all at once, trying to keep keep the ship moving ahead. Nice. Well, and I I, I like what you said. Um, one of my favorite business books is the E Myth Revisited, and yeah. one of the big principles he talks about is even if you never intend to um, sell or franchise your business, build it as though you were going to, mm-hmm. so that. Um, you know, one, you do have those options, but two, there's a, a priority on documentation and process and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so a, a neat analogy there is, yeah, if you build your tech, build your code, build your plugin in a way that you're, you're always thinking about those other options, um, the, the, no matter what, you're going to end up with cleaner code, uh, and and more options, but then down the road, yeah, it, it will be easier to to extend it, you know, to sassify it or or whatever. That's that's a neat neat analogy. Yeah, I mean, build your yeah, definitely build your product. So it doesn't matter which way you want to pivot, you can pivot, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter if you want to stay in the space, but just be better. <laughs> You can do that. Like that's okay. Um, and if you want to move out of the space, or or not even just out of the space, but but further reach, um, you can do that as well. So, absolutely. great. Well, what a what a good thought to to end on, James. We really appreciate your time today uh, and insight. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or get in touch, what's the what's the best way? Best way to get in touch with me is on Twitter at uh, James Laws. Great, thanks, and everybody should check out Ninja Forms, uh, and uh, and keep their eye out for uh, not Ninja Forms 2.0, no, the the SaaS version. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever that may be called. Whatever someday. it may look like, but we're we're excited to watch the journey. Thanks very much. Thank you, appreciate it. That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains, whatever it might be. Just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress. That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on the Matt Report podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast, leave me a five-star review. If you enjoy the episode, I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.